Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Tomorrow's gonna be hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, based here in Portland, and um, we'd like to thank the folks over at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef, you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef uh, online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Well, um, our guest this week, Patty Valero, has been on the show before. She's an adaptive golf champion. She's got more trophies than... Um, I don't know about Tiger, but a lot of them. And um, Patty's got a very interesting story. And I've been a proponent of of Patty's ever since we met a couple of years ago. So welcome back to the show. Hello. Thank you. It's so good to talk to you again. And Uh, all your fans. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. So let's kind of start easy here. And how was this year in golf for you? This year in golf was fantastic. Um, you know, I know COVID was was tough everywhere, and it was tough here too. Um, in the golf industry, it it really was uh, it really brought a lot of people out playing um, because it is an outdoor sport, and the golf courses adapted so easily because a lot of people like riding in a cart by themselves anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, it, there were a lot of people out on the course and tournaments um were kind of difficult because you know you could not group people in a room together but um as far as uh just playing recreationally it was it it was fine i I played a lot of golf good for you now i will say that gosh i don't smoke in my i got a frog (laughs) in my throat here um as I said, Patty's an uh, adaptive golfing champion, both here in the States and in Canada. She's uh, done an awful lot with that. You are also an ambassador for uh, PXG and Bridgestone, some other people. How do you go from all the, and we'll talk about this later in the show, but you def- definitely had some trauma in your life. And now all of a sudden you're up there swinging, you're a champion, you're an ambassador, a brand ambassador. That's a hell of a transition, kiddo. Yeah, it was, um, it was uh, definitely a metamorphosis and, uh, but, but golf found me, I didn't find golf and, and I was very grateful that that happened and the way that it happened and it all started um, with pretty much my exit from the fire service. Um, I just came upon a club laying in the station, just laying there. I saw it just laying there and never hit a club in my life and grabbed it. Didn't ask permission, but just hit balls. Didn't know what I was doing. Didn't do it very well. So I kind of left that alone. 
and a couple of months later went to play it again sports pick up some clubs met some older gentlemen and um at a driving range they taught me a lot of things about the game and uh, how to hit the ball and it just progressed from there it just took off from there it's the worst drug in the world (laughs) i mean you get it you get addicted so quickly it's worse than any chemical i think well yeah i mean the worse i do the more i want it (laughs) that's a fact that is that is a fact the um, worse I do, the more I want it, the more products I want, because I think that's going to make me better. And, and I think that's just the human condition, right? You know, it can't be me. It's got to be what I'm using. So, right. yeah, I, I suffer from that affliction, too. I'm afraid if, <laughs> if you if you go back in the back of the house, there's a little room back there that's got uh, two types of things that are filled. It's filled with and one of them is golf clubs. So this put it that way. It's almost to the point where we can't go up in the attic because there's so many golf clubs stacked around the bottom of the stairs and stuff. So, well, I think that's what makes a true golf enthusiast is you have that room. Yeah. Every golfer has that room. Yeah. <laughs> so. And there's kind of smatterings of golf stuff all over the house. Little, just little things. But here in my office, which you can't see, there's golf stuff there. There's golf stuff in the living room there's golf stuff in the master bedroom there's you know it it just oh. it it's just there i found golf tees in my purse yeah yeah i found them in my purse too so <laughs> i mean yeah it's that's the thing and then you gotta you gotta make a special trip to get the golf tees out of your off of your um uh, chest of drawers, or if you got a bookcase or whatever, then you got to make a special trip to get them back, put them in the bag or wherever you store them. So right. it takes up a lot of time. Doing it does that. take time. So that's yeah. why you buy 80 pairs of cheaters. You put them all over the house. Yeah. So, so you got to find justification for everything that you do. So you, you've got to buy 80 bags of golf tees. You got to put, put them all over the house. So it makes it convenient. Yes, that's true. And then our cat uh, has taken a fancy to golf balls. So we were moving some furniture around the other day because we're changing some things in the living room. And all of a sudden I hear the golf balls rolling out from under the couch and stuff. So um, we digress here, but I think that most (laughs) most people could relate to that. Absolutely. You know, if they've got a pet or something. Um, What do you think is your biggest accomplishment in golf? My biggest accomplishment in golf is overcoming what I thought I couldn't do. Um, Taking on something that I thought that I absolutely could not get a handle on. Yeah. And um, I'm in no way a great golfer, but I'm a good golfer. And I never thought I would be able to say that. Um, and I think I've, I've gotten to the place where I feel very confident going out to a golf course in a skirt now, letting people see exactly who I am. That took a lot of time for me to be able to do that. Um, I was very afraid to let people see who I am. I hit it a lot and it was very hard to find golf clothing, um, that accommodated a prosthetic leg. And um, so my biggest accomplishment is is doing something that I thought I couldn't do. Well, I could I can um, certainly understand that. And it must have been I mean, 
we'll talk about this in the next segment, Patty, but after the accident and then you, you know, your leg was gone, you start getting adjusted to wearing a prosthetic. All that is one huge process, I'm sure. And then when you take up something like golf, which we're along with tennis seem to be this, except for track and field are the scantiest clothing folks on, on dry land. Swimming yeah. doesn't count, but uh, it had to be tough to think about that because we are all self-conscious. I don't care who you are. You're all, we are all self-conscious. I'm a big guy. I'm not a little guy. Um, and it's, it's hard to find, uh, you know, like in my case, people say, you know, you wear a two X shirt. Yeah. Depending on the cut. And then it, you know, my cat couldn't wear it cause it's so small. So it's very difficult to find those things. Well, it is a very body conscious world. I mean, that's just the way it is. And yeah. and I found that <clears throat> I think the numbers are my personal feeling and experience. The numbers are so low for handicapped golfers for a couple reasons that I've found. And I've asked around is the clothing one They're They feel like they're being just just objectified as soon as they walk out there, that they're automatically being judged because I've had that done to me. I've had that. I've had. I've been approached by owners of clubs or pro shop owners or whatever, telling me to hurry up and get out there because they're going to slow their boys down or um, they uh, don't want to go out and play at all because they're handicapped, because it could be a person in their group that takes eight shots, but the group behind them will assume because it's a person with a prosthetic in front of them, it's their fault. Right. And, and they may not. The group behind them may not assume that, but in their head. So they just don't even go play at all. So I think a lot of times the clothing they feel kind of hides who they are. Right. And when you hide who you are, you suppress what you are and your abilities and your confidence. Nope. And once and once I stop letting that control me is when I let out my confidence. And that's when my game started getting much better. I know ever since I've been talking to you, which has been two or three years now, you've made this massive, you were, you just made great strides and no pun intended, but you've just made great strides. We are going to take a break here on uh, Grilling at the Green. We're going to be back with Patty Valero, my friend and a world champion adaptive golfer right after this. Hi everybody, it's JT and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and my guest today is uh, Patty Valero. She's a friend and a champion, uh, adaptive golfer. You know, you said something in the first segment, uh, Patty, that I don't like the word handicapped. I, I never have. I, I, you know, even before I met you, I never liked the word handicapped. I just thought it cast this kind of stigma on people. Um, Obviously, there's something in their lives that didn't go right. There was a problem, an accident, whatever. And now all of a sudden they're handicapped. And I think I think we should call them overcomers or something. I don't know. <laughs> but 
because a lot of them you see them and we see them on the on the golf course we see them in parking lots we see them at the gym we see them all over the place that people with a disability they're in there swinging just like the rest of us so i've never been a big fan of that word right and i think that's where you know the word um you know adaptability or adaptive golf comes into play you know because we are uniquely adaptive and we have adapted you know um and that's the marine corps motto right overcome and adapt right you know so uh and and that's what we've had to do and you just adapt with your environment and you just move on and that's what we've done that's what we do when after the accident and i and i know this story you and i have talked privately a number of times and um then you can read about it but you my friend are uh, one tough cookie you're you know a lot of people don't even survive those surgeries and you came through with flying colors i could probably just imagine you laying there going come on now get it right boys you know like that <laughs> giving them the dickens about something and uh well they got it right <laughs> they got it right Talk about your uh, adventure after that, when you first started working with a prosthesis on there. How difficult was that? I mean, and golf, you know, golf is so much about balance and and which mine has gone completely to hell. But I'm just telling you that it's about balance and that. And that's a big challenge to on on people that, you know, don't have a. Uh, an injury or something. How did you come across that? I mean, how did you deal with that? Well, I, you know, I was an athlete all my life and I don't know if I drew upon, um, you know, I took ballet, which was all about balance. I was a tennis player. That's a lot of balance. Um, a lot of the sports I did were balance driven and that's kind of, you know, starting a young age, that's kind of put into your DNA. and. Uh, being a firefighter and you know I think that's how I, I came through it so well was because I was in such good shape um, I had such good muscle tone and you know I did have to work a lot with um, you, you know you're laying up there for a long time not being able to wear a prosthetic you do lose muscle tone of course right right and and you have to go slow and steady I've never been the slow and steady kind of person so when they told me I'd probably be in rehab six weeks and I was like, that's just not going to happen because I've got to go back to work. And I was there two weeks. So, you know, I went home and my son helped me tremendously. He was there with me every minute helping me. And I think that's how I went back to the job so quickly and, and got, and I was strong. I was really strong. Right. And, and I think that that's what really helped me. But my coach, um, going to give her a plug, Vicki Ackerman, um, worked with me a lot on balance. That was our big thing was balance. And we even talked a lot about maybe going to swinging left-handed because she wasn't sure that because you finish on the left that I could hold, uh, you know, hold the, the follow through. Yeah. Because I wouldn't step out of it. 
And once she saw, wow, that was a really good swing, you know, and, and you came through it great, you know, and I would step out of it. She was like, let's try this instead. <laughs> let's not go to the left. Let's try this instead. So she made one little move with my left leg, which is the leg of my prosthetic with my foot, didn't have another balance problem. So um, you just, I, I mean, I work out, I still work out. I still do exercises and stuff like that. I don't go to a gym. I do them at home. Um, but it is a, it is a process. It isn't just I go out and play and then do nothing else. And I just go play. It's, it's, um, it's a process that you just have to keep up with to stay in shape. I, I do not have that determination, Patty. I, I'm Aww. like, I'm like the sloth who grabs the clubs and goes out to his car. And well, throws there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying for me, yeah, for, for me to be able to, and that's just how I've always lived my life is I just have to be constantly mm, 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 unless I'm sleeping, which I love, but while I'm awake, I just have to be moving constantly. So. No, I understand that. That's uh, I'm still that way. I just don't move as much as I used to. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah well none of us do really do you remember the first time you uh i know you said you found a golf club in the back of the fire station and all that but the first time you actually went out and played a full round and what that was like i do i remember what i shot well do i do tell. remember um <clears throat> i remember um I shot an even 120. Um, it was, I wasn't angry. I wasn't frustrated. I was, this is for me. Um, now, the people that were with me <clears throat> were doing the thing that you're absolutely not supposed to do was constantly giving me advice and you need to do this. And so it was like forever round. But, um, it wasn't that bad for me. It was like I said, the worse I do, the more I want it. And um, from then on, all I want to do is go to the driving range. Right. Driving range and get lessons. That's all I wanted because my goal was to get good enough to be worthy enough to buy my own clubs. I was borrowing clubs. So once I got to a place where I thought, okay, this is my, this is what I deserve. That was like, uh, I had a, a marking point. This is what I need to shoot consistently to be worthy of buying my own clubs. Sure, sure. And, and once I got to that point, then I did it. I went and bought them and got them in Canada. And when I won the Canadian National, came back, and it was probably three weeks later, was contacted by PXG and got their clubs. We're going to take another break. Uh, Patty Valero and I will be right back right after this. Don't go away. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling It's Green. Again, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef just like your grandpa used to make. You can check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. And also Birdie Ball, the absolute most phenomenal 
golf aid invented in the last 20 plus years. That's birdie ball. You can check them out online at birdieball.com. I sit in my, I sit and hit them off my deck. Uh, the birdie balls, they look like little napkin rings if you don't know what they are, but they don't, they only go about 40 yards and we've got a pretty good sized backyard. So I can make my own little golf tournament all by myself back there. My brother-in-law has them. And uh, the first time I ever hit them was at his house. I love them. You got to make a good shot for them to go the way they're supposed to. Yeah. Um, I can't say that mine always go where they're supposed to. I have very good intentions, but sometimes they take a hard left or a hard right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think they they should. I told my brother that they should call them instant grab ball because (laughs) if you hit them right, you get instant gratification. That's true. That's true. And you don't have to walk too far to shag them, you know. Correct. You yeah, know. they're the best. They're they're, the best. they're absolutely the best. So there you go, John Breaker at Birdie Ball. We gave you a little more love today. How's that? <laughs> um now you've kind of you've kind of changed a little bit, Patty, in the fact that the story that Bob Herrick just did about you kind of gave me some insight that now you're focused on giving back to tournaments and to golf and that versus always out there competing in a tournament. And what, what was the impetus of that? I found that, okay, can I draw back on why I'm a firefighter? So, you know, I've always been, okay. I became a firefighter because it's going to sound kind of corny, but, I wanted to really help my community and I loved the brotherhood and I loved everything about that scenario. And that's why I did it so long. And so it's totally about giving back yeah. in the fire service and um, good outcome, bad outcome. It's totally about giving back and walking away, us walking away, feeling good about what we did. And I was walking away from these tournaments that I was in winning things, not really feeling that good about me anymore because I wasn't really doing what I got into the game to do. And I got into the game to not go out there and compete against people like me anymore. I got into the game to go out there and help people like me get into the game. And not necessarily go out there and win to be a champion, but to become their own champion. And that's why I stopped doing the adaptive tournaments so much as doing really bringing awareness to adaptive golfers. Mm-hmm. And the, I sat and thought about it. Well, how can I do that? So, yeah, doing public speaking, yeah, that brings awareness. But it was still bringing awareness just to me. Okay, if I want to bring awareness to me, but I want to bring it to uh, to adaptive golfers, I'll start entering able body tournaments. So I started entering able body tournaments and I won three in a row. And when you go in a clubhouse with these guys who have won, you know, the same guys won four or five years in a row with a great score. And he's sitting there. He has no idea who won. He hasn't looked at the board because he's assumed he's won. And I come in and I sit down and they announce my name. And he looks around like, who is that? And I walk up my skirt and my prosthetic and I walk, get my trophy. 
that brings awareness. That is true. <clears throat> Plus a little primal shock, I'm sure, to the guy who thought he was going to win. Well, yeah. And so not to not to have anybody walk away with sour grapes. I usually walk over after everything's, you know, all the smoke's cleared before he can run out the door and go over and introduce myself and sit down, maybe buy him a drink or whatever and talk to him. Are they, who I am. are they normally pretty receptive? I would think they would be. Absolutely. And, and I tell them, you know, it's okay. If you want to be mad at me, if you want, you know, it's okay. I get yeah. that. I don't want you to take it easy on me because I have a prosthetic. If you're upset, that's cool, dude. I understand that. But, you know, understand that this is a competition and I'm a competitor and and but I want you to walk away understanding. Have you ever played against anybody who is an adaptive golfer? No. Well, now you have. There you go. So the whole room now goes, wow. And everybody comes up and they have their story to tell me. And I walk out of there feeling so good. And that that's what I got into this whole game for. You ever think about writing about that? I've, tell, <laughs> tell some of those stories. I've had a lot of people tell me to do that. And I don't even know where to begin. I have uh, no idea where to begin. Blank page. That's the. That's the biggest enemy you'll ever have as a writer. And it's been said a trillion times. But when you bring that blank page up on your screen and you sit there and you had all these great ideas and all of a sudden you actually have to start hitting the keyboard, it's like, hmm, okay. <laughs> a lot of people yeah. just turn it off and, and leave, you know, because it, it, uh, uh, I've seen it happen to a lot of people. A lot of people I work with on the barbecue side too. They're, they're great competitors. They're great cooks or chefs or whatever they want to be called. And, but when it actually comes down to writing what they're doing, well, that's a whole nother deal. You know what I mean? Oh, you just said barbecue. I love barbecue. <laughs> well, that's my other Sorry. show is barbecue nation. Sorry to get so. off topic. Yeah, that's okay. We, my um, my golfer, sister and brother-in-law in North Carolina are sitting there going, oh yeah, she loves barbecue. <laughs> golfers have to eat too. You know? Oh, I love barbecue. Oh, it's also good. It's also good. Where do you think, um, in your mind, in your vision, where do you think you're going to be uh, a year from now, two years from now, five years from now? A year from now, I plan on hopefully I have a little project I'm working on. Hopefully Bridgestone will pick it up. It's kind of a funny little project I'm working on with them. And I travel all over the United States and Europe playing golf. And it's kind of a funny little show that I'd like to do. Um, and uh, it's just bringing adapt an adaptive golfer to places that you would never think or people would have never met an adaptive golfer. Right. Um, and uh, so that that's something that I'm looking forward to. And if nobody's interested in it, then I'm just going to fund it myself. I'm just going to do it myself because I think it's uh, it's it's something that's necessary right now in our world. I think that um, there's just so much negativity out there right now. You know, there just needs to be more awareness 
and more just taking care of the person behind you and understanding. And so if I have to be the person to go out there and go, hey, look at me, this is who I am. And just, you know, the, just the raw side. Um, so that's really what I would like to do is just travel all over and um, play just anywhere and let people meet me and can come and tell me their story. And like you said, I'll just take a pad of paper with me and, and, and have them tell me their story. If they want to tell me their story, usually they do. And I'll just write it down. And I think that would be a, a now you see now. Okay. A year from now, I'm going to have a great book out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I, you know, I just think I'm going to continue on the track that I'm on. I really don't see my train going off the rails anywhere soon. I mean, I just, I hope my game just continues to get better and better. Um, I know my association with PXG and Bridgestone is very, very strong. I, I'm going to continue to have an alliance with them. Um, They've been very good to me. They're very good to adaptive golf in the military, um, which I'm big into. Um, So that's where I I mean, it's nothing glamorous or flashy for me. It's um, it's just continuing to do me and and be Patty and get out there and play. That's all you can do, really. I mean, that's and that's the best part of it. You can. Play my tournaments that I play. Play your tournament. Go out, have some fun. Work with the people you work with. It's all good. We are going to take another break, come back and wrap up the show. And I think I've conned Patty into sticking around for after hours. But you're listening to Grilling at the Green, not only here in Portland, but in Texas and Oklahoma and Pennsylvania and a few other places. So we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Today, we're talking with... uh, Oh, what's her name there? Yeah, Patty Valero. She's she's a friend and uh, quite the competitor and it's quite the life story. Also, I wanted to let you know that Sean Lanny will be joining our team here in a couple of weeks. Uh, but first, the other part of the uh, Langdon Farms team, if you will, Bruce Furman. And here's Bruce's tip of the week. Hi, this is Bruce Furman. I'm the director of instruction out at Langdon Farms. And I'm going to give you a little tip on how to hit punch shots. And are they good? good shot to practice and learn. Well, a punch shot by definition is a lower trajectory shot, and that's to help you flight the ball down into the wind or go under tree limbs. And you'll see the pros hit this shot a lot on tour, not just always into the wind, just to control the flight and to keep the spin under control. So it's a great shot, and it helps you hit the ball more solid. So how do you do this? Well, you... uh, you set up with the ball in the center or just ahead of center. You want to have fairly level shoulders, not too tilted, not head too far behind the ball. Then you make a, a three-quarter backswing, not too much wrist hinge. And then you want to rotate through the shot, turn your body through the shot, make yourself go forward. 
And as you go forward toward the target and you turn it through the shot with your hips, you want to finish with a nice low finish so that you don't recock your wrists on the follow-through. The, the club is pointing more toward the target. So you have a low finish, but your body's rotated and your body's facing the target and taller and not staying down. You're going to rotate and going to come up through the shot with your body, but you're not going to recock the club with your with your wrists. And so you're going to keep the club low. Uh, and, and when you go through, you want to feel like your left wrist is bowing down or knuckles down, which helps you de-loft the golf club and keep that ball down. You don't want to scoop it or break down with your left wrist. You want to keep a real solid, flat left wrist as you go through the shot. So I hope that helps, and I hope you get your punch shot under control. Thank you, Bruce. We appreciate that. Folks, if you want to know more about Bruce Furman, you can go to langdonfarms.com, click on instruction. There's a drop-down menu there, and he will appear magically. And then you can find out if you want to take lessons or go to one of his clinics or even just go talk to the guy. That's Bruce Furman at langdonfarms.com. We've been talking with Patty Bolero here. Uh Patty is a story unto herself, and um, I, I think she's got a remarkable story. Not, and I'm and I'm saying this not just because she's my friend, but her story is incredible. Uh, I found out about you several years ago through an article the USGA did on you, and now you've got articles all over the place. You've you've been on uh, television commercials and shorts during the Masters, not wearing shorts or being in shorts and shorts videos like that, that have been on national television. You've done well, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I, I, you know, and it's great for the, it's great for the sport all around. It's just really great for the sport. And you, you know, you've just got to put yourself out there. You just got to continuously put yourself out there. You've got to be your, your biggest advocate, essentially. Right. You've uh, just got to constantly be, uh, advocating for yourself and, and that advocates for the sport. It does. And it's a great sport. If it wasn't a great sport, I wouldn't be doing the show, but yeah. it's, it's, it's a great sport. Um, Patty is going to stick around for after hours. Like I said, do you have a website or I know you've got some Twitter and Instagram accounts. Where can they find you? Where can they follow you and get a little update now and then? Um, well, I'm on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I believe it's Patty Valero. It's nothing fancy. I'm on Twitter. That's Patty Valero too. Um, Instagram, that's Patty Valero. <laughs> so um, nothing fancy, no, no fancy handles or anything. Um, those are the only um, social media things I have. I don't have a website or anything. Um, I probably should start one. I yeah. don't have one. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're going to do all that traveling and do a show, you'll need to have one. Yeah. I would say that. Anyway, Patty's going to stick around for after hours. We're going to get out of here. We want to thank everybody for listening. We've been talking, like I said, with Patty Valero. Patty lives in Florida. If you can't tell by the trees, the sky and the house, but she lives down there. And, uh, but she will make her way out to the West coast one of these days. I promise. So Patty, thank you for being with us. Absolutely. And, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank, uh, you. thank you for you're welcome. Thank you for listening. Um, 
I don't know who's going to be on the show next week. I've got several things in the fire, you might say, but I have no idea at this point. So I can't share that with you folks. But until then, take care, go out, play some golf, have fun. And remember, be kind. See you next week. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Tomorrow's going to be better. Rolling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved. And remember, the key to lower scores, a pencil with an eraser. See you next week.